people and welcome to another awesome episode on Neurodigest by Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons Africa where we debunk everything about special needs parenting, living life and telling the African stories. And today I am super excited because we're going to discuss something that I really enjoy and that is food. And we have Jury who's a chef in the house and he's going to break things down for us. Welcome Jury. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Yes. As she said, my name is Chef Jury, and I love nutrition, I love food, and anything that has anything to do with food. <laughs> so he's a foodie, yes. like me. I enjoy cooking, so I was super excited when we were saying we were doing this one. But we're not going to be talking about just cooking any food, because as we know, we have to align with why we're here. So we want to empower parents so that they know food is not just food, right? Yes. There are places we go, we pay food through the nose, and they're like, is, and then the caposhion is like this, and you're like, is that what you paid for? Are you crazy? <laughs> you know? Yes. So tell us, um, what's nutrition actually? Because that's the food is about nutrition, yes. nurturing our bodies for us to stay alive. For it's like fuel for a car, right? Yes. And and it has to be like well, there is an art to it, not just the cooking, not just the eating. Is there a formula for eating, by the way? So tell us, what is actually nutrition? Because that's what we hear. Um, nutrition is the blanket word that's given to the process of actually obtaining. Mm -hmm. It's just the small parts that constitute food, which is the proteins, the carbohydrates, the vitamins, the amino acids, and how we as organisms and humans are able to absorb that into our system to create the energy that we need. Okay. So energy is our goal at the end yes, of the day. In a balanced way. In an efficient and balanced way. How is it efficient? In, it, <laughs> <laughs> by efficient I mean getting enough macronutrients. Like okay. it's usually measured out in milligrams and grams. Mm -hmm. So getting the right amount that is going to be bioavailable to the body mm -hmm. and work properly to give us the right amount of energy. So that you're not going through your day feeling fatigued yet you're thinking oh but i eat mm -hmm. it has to be available to us is that why you tell us eat a balanced diet yes okay. yes because each part of nutrition each segment that is nutrient is important for the body now for me who no matter how much i eat i'm still petite <laughs> and everyone thinks we've gone to a gym yet someone else says that I sniff food and I grow big and uh, it's easier for me to lose weight someone else. It's very hard for them to lose weight. Uh, when we are cooking and you're talking about balance, is it that I need to see I'm doing 100 grams of flour versus 100? Because I see people looking at, you're not reading how much of calories am I taking in. How do you know what calorie matters because of... I, I, there are those who have very busy days, there are those ones who are like the athletes, then we have like um, our special needs families, and then we have those who just go into the office and just sit and sit and talk. So mm -hmm. how do we balance all this? If you're in a household setting, because you see Baba and Afanya Tafauti, <laughs> if you're in Western, yes. when you're digging <laughs> in the shamba, then there's that mama who sits in the office, there is that mama who will be in the shamba the whole day fetching water and all that. How do you ensure the entire family, considering all of them are different in terms of their metabolism also, mm -hmm. metabolism in these times of processing the amount of food that we're taking? So how would you say to balance this diet? For so you? as you put it, um, 
everybody has a different metabolic rate. That's how you digest food and how long it stays in your system. So due to that difference, everybody has a caloric intake that is optimal for them. So there are those people who less goes along the way, and there are those people who eat more, so that they can be able to do the activities that they need to do. The way you mentioned, that guy in Western who needs to remove the shamba, that person needs a higher caloric intake okay. compared to that person sitting at their desk and doing work. Because at the end of the day, it's how you use energy and how much energy you need. And there are those people who also go to the gym, so you go, because you're going to be active, you need the energy to be able to convert uh, your the nutrients that you've gotten, be it um, the glycogen in your blood, and convert it into something that's available to make muscles to do anything. So you're a chef. That means you're very good at cooking, right? Yes, so I've been told. So you've been told. <laughs> that, that, that's for you to know and for me to find out, yes. right? We'll do that, that one. I will try and find out how good you are. Um, and apart from that, now, this, all these things about nutrition, is it that this is what you knew you want to do or did you meander somewhere in the middle of what you studied? <laughs> <laughs> is it a passion? Why do you do what you do? So there's two parts to this story. Mm -hmm. When I was really young, I was a bad eater. Oh. I was really, really bad eater. Bad eater in terms of anything you see you eat? Yeah, not, not I wouldn't eat food. Uh -huh. I was this skinny. You might not believe my... <laughs> <laughs> Forgive my natural expression. <laughs> yes, I was very skinny. And it, I came to the realization, how about if I take the time and the effort to actually uh, know what I enjoy to eat and how I want it to be made so that I can... At the end of the day, enjoy, maybe gain some weight, you know? So that's how I became interested in food. Then, when I studied in university, I studied hotel and restaurant management, which was pretty close to what I wanted to do, which was culinary arts, but there was no... I'd say, I wanted a really good education in culinary arts, and there wasn't that offered at this point. This is Kenya. <laughs> now, I'm just thinking at that time, what mm. were you thinking? This is Kenya. Okay, at least now things have changed. Yes. We have restaurants and people take food seriously. And there are but more back in the day, schools. you know? Yes. Okay, okay. So, after that, that's when I delved into Once I finished my degree, I delved into food and I became a chef. And that's oh, where cool. I learned more. And you learn by practicing. Mm -hmm. So, I was in the kitchen, cooking with different ingredients and learning about them, their backgrounds, and how they affect us as people. So that's where my interest came in, and since then I've never looked back. Awesome! Mm -hmm. And then he found himself in children, which is yes. our focus for today. Yes. 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 So why children? And from Pale uh, my attempt, you said you don't have children. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a funny story because when COVID happened, um, of course all businesses were closed, restaurants were closed, mm -hmm. all these things were closed. So. I went back, took account of my life, and I thought, okay, what shall I do to keep me busy? And I went into organic farming. And I was like, wow, this is nice. Then right after that, when things opened up, I was approached by a director of a school who wanted to outsource catering, because they know I'm a chef. So I was like, how can we outsource this function that is very bothersome? Because the director would be like, why am I being called in the morning, being asked for dania and cooking oil? Why? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my day. <laughs> yes. yes. So 
they sat down and thought, like, why don't you get professionals to actually run this party? Yeah, and I was like, yeah, stay cook, why not? But the moment I entered into that field of now cooking for school children, I realized that each child has their specific needs, and we're the only ones who can cater to that. So that's how I went into child nutrition, whereby you're trying to cater for all the different children within the school setup and ensure that they're getting proper nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Um, apart from now landing there, and today's theme being children, and special needs children, to yes, be uh, precise. Yeah. Now, I know in the school setup, I'm sure you've experienced it, that every kid has their own uh, special, I remember in high school used to be what? Special, what? special diet. Yes. And in this case, in parenting, as a special needs parent, um, you know when we get diagnosis, you just everyone gives you the advice. Yeah. So the first thing that was thrown at me as a mother to a child with autism. So you find as we dive into special needs nutrition now, yeah. children generally, but special needs. Um, when you get your diagnosis, uh, considering I'm a parent with a child on the autism spectrum, the first thing everyone tells you is cut sugar, cut wheat. Um, what was the other one? Sugar, wheat, and milk. And processed food. And, and oh yeah, and processed food. That comes later. Yeah. But the default everyone is like, remove milk and remove yes. sugar. Those two. Sugar, I understand, is about hyperactivity. Yes. But then now, when it comes to wheat, you, as a parent, let me tell you, the first reaction is like, are you being serious? Because you just <laughs> think of breakfast, yes, bread, you know, chapati, as in, like, wheat is like a center of everything. But how would you advise best what, for us to get this nutrition to work for us? Because I believe the other thing we don't get told is, okay, then supplement it with this, like use this instead of that. What, what's your view on this, um, uh, specifically for autism, before we delve into the other specialized conditions? Um, first off, we need to understand where nutrition starts. Okay. With a child, nutrition starts in the womb. Mm -hmm. Is the mother taking the right steps to get the right amount of nutrients because literally you have something growing inside of you you have to cater for that and yourself so when there's a lack of nutrients your body is fighting with your child to get nutrients and that's where problems start off whereby your child isn't getting enough nutrients to be able to conduct brain development proper body development and i usually insist have you gone for your prenatal care? Have you done your test? That is where nutrition starts. Okay. Yeah. Some of us think it starts after I talk at I talk at too. That's when you're like breastfeeding is <laughs> starting point. So at least we know. Yes. And then um, explain to us more of what, why that lactose intolerance. Because for me, I, I'm, I'm saying that because I remember I was struggling with a lot of gastro issues. Yes. Reflux. Yes. You know those are the things we, we meet, you know. And then after a while I'm told, you have to stop taking milk because he's taking your milk through the milk and he's just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I have to stop milk, you know, before we figure out what is causing all this mess. Because some of the, you know, there's the hypothesis that the gut contributes a lot to autism and the development and ETC post, okay, post delivery, this yes. is, you know. But how, how is that so? What is it in milk? So to start off, a healthy gut equals a healthy mind. And when it comes to milk, um, I always tell people this. Cow, cow's milk is for cows. <laughs> oh, we're converting our babies to cows now. Okay. Okay. But it has a high amount.
amount of lactose and sometimes the body cannot process and turn it into lactase. So that's why you get like stomach issues and whatnot. So the body isn't able to process it fully to get the proper nutrients from it. So that's why the problems begin. Okay. And yeah. camel? Isn't it for camel babies? Because that's the alternative and goat and whatnot. So each type of milk has its own um, nutritional um, value. Mm -hmm. You understand? Mm -hmm. So cow's milk has a higher amount of lactase. Camel milk is healthier, but to some extent it still belongs to another animal. Yes. Okay. And it's even goat's milk, it's really healthy, but again it belongs to yes. Okay. And then the way um in the movies we always see like before bed get a glass of milk. Oh what's that got to do with it? <laughs> That was a lot of marketing. Oh, right. <laughs> no, you see what you see, monkey see, monkey do, right? Yeah, Just was... to save another brand, you'll be like, but for my child is having sleepless night, she come as you are. You know, yes. that is what we see. Right? A lot of the things that we're pushed towards, especially when it comes to food, comes from marketing from a long time ago, whereby certain companies were trying to push mm. a certain agenda for their okay. product. Okay. And they really insist on you getting to use their product. It's the same as, I'd say, cereals. Mm. Cereals are not really healthy. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like Kellogg's and uh -huh. and the processed cereals. I don't processed. know. Processed, okay. Yes. So, like breakfast cereals, like uh -huh. Kellogg's, uh -huh. like cornflakes. They have a really high glycemic index and they have sugar in them, which is really not good. But the companies will tell you it's healthy. Yeah. Like the biggest breakfast to catch and go. Yeah, but it's because wow. they are pushing mm -hmm. their products. Now that brings me to the next product, wheat. It's mm -hmm. the other number one top thing you're told cut down on the wheat. Yeah. Yet everywhere you turn is wheat. Wheat this wheat makes like eighty percent of the carbs you use as a carbohydrate. <laughs> so uh, I would like to just be curious about why wheat, why cut wheat. And uh, what are the best replacements for it? So that, you see, at the same time, what we struggle with is, so if I don't give them wheat, of course, I'm still exposing them. Yes, there are other things. Yes. But then the other things, all time, it seems um, not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I tried just the diet. Honest, just I, to be honest. Just, yeah, yeah, I tried. There is the time I was like, I'm going on a diet. And me, unfortunately, I have two kids on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And... I learned the hard way it's not a one-size-fits-all because they're two totally different individuals reacting totally differently. Yeah. And finding substitutes, I can try something called couscous. I, you know, I'm just like, yeah. then you're presenting this to a child, they're looking at you like, what on earth is going on? You know, what is this? Because it's just tiny yellow things. <laughs> so it's very hard and not everyone can afford it. What is the easiest way to a parent to just feed a special needs child safe? affordably mm -hmm. and then adhering to whatever milk and, and wheat is all about. Yeah. The problem with the problem with problem usually is the level at which it is processed. When it's highly processed okay. it gets a high glycemic index okay. which means the it has a lot of carbohydrates which convert to sugar. Mm -hmm. So we're back to sugar. Yes. <laughs> at the end of the day um, your body operates with uh, what is called glycogen. Mm -hmm. That is what food is usually converted to for storage. Mm -hmm. And the quality of glycogen it must be good in that, for example, 
uh, an alternative I usually give for breakfast as opposed to highly um, processed wheat like bread, especially white bread. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to ask because you know most of us when you're hearing cut down wheat and then you see brown bread, it looks more mm. of like the enemy. So you're saying that mm. brown bread is actually safer than white. Yes, especially if you're able to get whole grain oh. brown bread. Even sourdough bread, you like. Are we eating oh bread or something else? You're there you know? for your children. Like, okay, here's a slice for today. <laughs> So they're usually cheaper alternatives. I usually say complex carbs like um, sweet potatoes, okay. um, arugula. Mm -hmm. Those are usually the go-to, especially in this region, because okay. they're, they're, they're accessible, yeah, they're affordable, mm -hmm. even cassava. Those are what I usually suggest when it comes to foods that are better. Get the processor to get cassava. And you don't like that. <laughs> 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 at least I'm lucky I'm married there and be able to you know, bring them. But then it's not also cassava is not that easy available, is it? Uh, okay. It just depends where you mm. look. Because um, I know see. Yes. But then the the scary bit is how borderline of getting toxins it is. And yes, that's yes, that's yes. why I think the sourcing of it and where it's being yes. grown. Okay. But um in Nairobi there's specific markets because I, I'm not sure. So are you, so, you you're the plan? Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Tell us the secrets. Where should we? So, <laughs> there are a few places where you can actually find um, proper proper products mm -hmm. that are not uh, pesticide free. They're grown in organic farms mm -hmm. and they're affordable. So okay. yes, yes. So the more organic, the less processed. So our greatest enemy is the processing. Yes, the processing. That's and that's why they say keep off processed food. So now on to the next one. You mentioned that when the higher it's processed, the more it goes towards sugar. Yes. Sugar is the next thing that I know, especially with uh, children with hyperactivity and yes. ADHD that yes. we talk about sugar. Yes. So that's just high energy. You keep it on the low yes. and they're able to settle down. So for those of us who are hyper, what is the best? Other than sugar, what do we have? Um, there's a methodology to it <coughs> when it comes to now getting to the root cause of these issues. Right. Um, number one is usually yes to cut off sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, two to cut off processed mm -hmm. foods, just things that have not been processed. I think as raw as it gets. Yes, as as whole as whole. I usually say whole as it mm -hmm. gets. That is a really good alternative for mm -hmm. the regular bread. Okay, that is um, quite informative because so farm to fork yes, <laughs> or two plates yes. um, is the best yes. for us to do. Yes, and if you don't have access to that, mm -hmm. an alternative is finding where your foods are sourced from. Okay. And trying your best to ensure that. <laughs> It's, it's safe, it's grown without pesticides, because also pesticides actually play a huge role mm -hmm. in um, creating allergies. Like, um, one of the things that I realized, and a lot of research was done into it, is that um, the growing of wheat, why did the, why was there like an advent of like, oh, many people are intolerant to wheat, mm -hmm. but it's because of the pesticides used in okay. growing wheat, because wheat is a grass. And uh, when you do farming, at some point you have to weed, mm. yeah? 
But because wheat is a grass, it's so hectic to eat it. To eat it out. So what do you do? Get a blanket, um, pesticide, spray, you're done. The weeds die. The wheat continues growing. But the pesticides enter the wheat. And that's how it reaches us. And our children are developing allergies, adults are developing allergies. That's, that's where it all stems from. Now, um, I'm just trying to think we're in the city. There's no way I will know <laughs> where my things come from. Unless I go reading every packet looking for yes. things that, and, and, and now in this era of GMO, I know that's another high level risk you're looking at. But I'm trying to think of that matter of a child with cerebral palsy. Mm. Yeah? And this child, let's say, has a dyspraxia or child is chewing, etc. And they have to sort of blend everything to it. How do they get to feed their kids with that whole balanced diet we're talking about? Mm -hmm. You know, because I think one of the greatest challenges when I visited caregivers with uh, children with cerebral palsy is that baby's really, really so small. Um, so is it a nutrition thing? Is it amount of food they take in? Um, so what would we advise them so that when they consider when they're cooking, that is blendable, because sometimes you want to look for them and thinking like, how do I even do this, you know? Mm -hmm. How, how, what, would, what is your opinion on how best they can handle this? Mm. How best to handle that is that you have to keep in mind, a child also has to get a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. There are various charts that you can use to ensure that this amount of, for example, mm, when you're blending the food, it would be like this amount of, um, for example, beans mm -hmm. will be able to provide enough uh, protein and carbohydrates mm -hmm. for the child. And ensuring that within that blending process, you have to include um, dietary fiber. Because okay. dietary fiber helps with the system to cleanse it and also help with the absorption of the other nutrients. Let's, let's break down that. <laughs> Jagun, yes. Jagun. <laughs> so that uh, even Mamamboga will be able to get to understand. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Dietary fiber is foods that are high in. Oh my gosh, I can't use the same words to <laughs> High in fiber. Yes. So this comes into leafy vegetables, okay. um, bulky veggies, strandy foods. Yes. Yes. Fiber is most processed. Yes. The way you cut vegetables and you can see yes, exactly. and water, they have their own water kind of thing yes. going. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's the dietary fiber because it's important because at the end of the day, even if as an adult you're, you're conducting a really intense diet, mm -hmm. you still have to include uh, dietary fiber mm -hmm. so that your system can be able to absorb things and be able to hold on to something as mm -hmm. opposed to just giving it straight carbohydrates and protein. You have to have veggies. Mm -hmm. That's a must. And then and the meats. And then yeah. protein. Protein is just yeah. do the regular meat and blend yes, yourself. Yes. There's nothing there's no better source of protein than when it comes to balancing, yeah? Yeah. You find that special needs kids have um, needs supplementation because of the medicines they take. Yes. We're told uh, anticonvulsants chew into the bone structure. Yet you're told this is where the quagmire comes. 
milk is yes. <laughs> not camel milk, you know. Yes. It's not uh, not it's not readily available, it's very expensive. So then we are always written for supplements. What is the easiest way to supplement such? You know, instead of getting yes, other than supplement. <laughs> to yes, to supplement supplements like tablets or let's say like there is always the vitamin C which we know oranges and what yes. just break us down for us because these are the basics we usually get the zinc yes. right we usually get uh, omega tablets and we get find ourselves getting calcium tablets so now for our kids special needs kids what like in those categories what is the best way to supplement that so that you don't you're not popping pills and it's not too expensive because trust me a calcium tablet you see it for that's like cheap. Right. Tell me about every day. And that time period, maybe you know, someone did four work for washing clothes mm -hmm. and they made 100 or 200 bob. And you still have their meds, you still have their other foods, you still have other children, you still have friends, you still have. The list mm -hmm. is endless. So, what is that thing that I will walk to the Kibanda next, that shop, and just get it and I'll know my child is okay? And fish is not cheap. Yes, fish is <laughs> good fish. Yeah. Good, good fish, and even now we have fish from China. Which, yeah, exactly. Which you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that omega, that uh, vitamin C, and that zinc and uh, calcium. What alternatives do we have? Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, <clears throat> with nutrition, there's nothing that's free, and there's nothing that's cheap, okay. especially if you have good results. So um, I usually say. Um, it involves doing some research whereby you find out what's close to you that mm -hmm. can work. Okay. Um, like for example for vitamin C, uh, did you know that um, peppers, capsicums, colored peppers mm -hmm. have a really high content of vitamin C oh. compared to, is it oranges? Hohos, the colored hohos. Yes, the colored hohos. Mm -hmm. So they have amount of vitamin C which is a good source so less goes more in such a scenario okay. yeah, so they can like throw in a one red bell pepper yes. a green yes. one and it adds color to the food yeah. we always hear don't boil too much you lose the nutrition you know is there like timelines we need to look at when preparing the food each food has its uh, time period to become ready okay. and be its best like for example you know that uh, if you cook rice, if it goes over, it becomes mushy yeah. and it becomes less enjoyable, mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like veggies, um, the nutrients disappear okay. when they're cooked for too long. So when green becomes jungle green, yes, then yes, 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 so, yes, yes. So you so just this, put it in for just basics. So when it comes to cooking, I usually say less is more. If mm -hmm. you can use, for example, higher heat, shorter mm -hmm. time period. Higher heat, shorter time period. Don't don't forget that. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to um, boiling foods like cereals, now mm -hmm. we were talking about whole cereals, yes, right? Yes, so I'm looking at the beans. I'm looking at the um, lentils. All the lentils possible. Mm -hmm. Here we that's when we bring out the charcoal and put it in a pot and do ten hours of yes. boiling and uh, hours of soaking. Mm -hmm. Does that really help? Because we hear about the longer you soak it, then the gas comes out. My mom told me another one of throwing a carrot and then... So I'm just like, okay, where did all this things come from? You know, like, does it really work that the less of the gas is going to get? But, you know, um, does that really affect when you now... Because I don't know, 
if that is overcooking, like the, if, if, if the green grounds, if you cook it until it splits, does that mean? Yes, it's slightly over. Overcooked. When, you, okay. when you're boiling foods, they should be able to hold. At the end of the day, you don't want to boil your beans, especially the first boil. Mm -hmm. You don't want to boil them to the point where they are mushy. Okay. They should just be soft to the touch mm -hmm. in that. Um, for storage, you'll be able to take them out. Okay, and without cracking. Yes, and then you can cook them again slightly and then they'll become softer. Okay. And about the gas, the gas, it's usually um, when you're boiling, like again, beans, there's usually that uh, water that mm -hmm. comes and it has the froth at the top. Yes. That's usually dirt and oh. toxins. And okay. Just, okay. So if you can get rid of that water, so don't use it for soup again. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's also not like this is healthy, yeah. not thick soup. Okay, that, that's why we're here. That's why we're here to yes, learn and yes, see. Because yes. I've seen that happening. Like, like, apana ina weka kando na ilishas ile makaranga. You know. Yes. So okay, now we've learned. So getting rid of that water usually helps, so that you're left with the boiled whole grain. Do you rinse it after the boil? If you want to, yes, you okay. can. Especially, I've seen very many people who actually do that, in that they finish boiling, they let off that water, then they rinse it, mm -hmm. then they let it dry, then that's when they package it for, for the freezer. Or but you say that is the one who can store it. I'm just thinking of... <laughs> the person who's boiling I'm boiling it and I'm, this is for this week, yes. you know? You just wash them off, mm -hmm. drain them a bit, then use them again. The other thing about, um, being told about our environments and uh, food, in terms of these days, back in the days, we put it back in the sufuria and cook with it. Now we're told uh, we watch our aluminium yes. or sufurias yeah. bring issues. Or oh, microwave has, uh, what's that thing called again? Rage, you know, radioactive. So how are we safe now? How or do we go back to pots and three stones? Which is cutting trees, you know, like everywhere you turn something has a positive and a negative. Yes, you that, know? that is the truth in mm -hmm. that everything has a positive and a negative. And I'm only, okay, this is a funny, a running joke that we have with mm -hmm. some friends of mine in that the, our forefathers never used to get sick. They didn't have this modern. You body. know? And what did they use? They used a pot. Mm -hmm. And the clay actually. Helps in protecting the food. And oh, I thought you were saying adding nutrients. No, 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 no. <laughs> protecting the food because um, of late, I think sometimes um, I usually say you won't know until you know. In mm -hmm. that there's certain things that the advent of using aluminium or sufurias and whatnot. When that came in, everybody had. Yeah. yeah and now we have non-stick, non-stick work. Exactly. You know. But now. What they're coming to find out with um, prolonged research is that higher yeah, aluminium is affecting people. Mm -hmm. It's uh, giving people, it puts you at a disposition for Parkinson's disease. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All these things. What I usually feel to cook with, use the most non reactive uh, material you can get. So nutrition is you, you you guys can see the way we started from where we started. Yeah, now, now we're in Sufuria. Because <laughs> all of this plays a part in how healthy you are and how safe you. And when 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 now the bottom of the Sufuria starts cracking up. Yes. And you see that I, I read somewhere that that's the point at which but we keep them and yes, even, even now you're like and that's where you know scrum it up. You know. Then I can still use it. 
all those the Teflon that's used to coat, for example, nonstick pants, mm -hmm. it's cotton company. So the minute a nonstick starts chipping, that's it. Yeah, that's it. What do you do with it then? Sadly, you get rid of it. <laughs> you get rid of it. Life is expensive. The, okay. What I the suggestion I give is that when you're buying this thing, mm -hmm. you get um, the most non-reactive. Uh, no, you see. Non-reactive. Which are the non-reactive? Okay. If, okay. if you can get stainless steel, if you can get stainless steel, okay, fine, mm -hmm. good quality, not cheap. So it's an investment. Your kitchen is an investment. Yes. Also, cast iron is really good. Cast iron. Because when you actually cook with cast iron, mm -hmm. like. The free iron actually enters the food, and Alma mm -hmm. doesn't need iron, mm -hmm. you get? Mm -hmm. um, and also using like ceramic um, cooker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the good thing with uh, spending on these items is that once you buy them once, forget about them. Who's making pots? I think I'll go back to the kitchen. Is that guy? No. I knew you were the snack. Okay. So. But I, after this, please make sure you give it up. Actually, I'm very serious. So I just try to think of all those things, and I'm like, a special needs child is sufficiently enough having mm -hmm. to add other things on top of it. It's, it's the last thing any mother would like. Yes. yes. So I would rather just do my pots mm -hmm. and have my Afro kitchen, you know? Yes. Let's go back to the days, wood, you know? <laughs> now, did you know there is there is a day actually like I was heating because I was deep frying? And this, this, um, the plastic ones that come these days, and it melted. And I'm like, holy Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? I'm like, how do I tell what is legit and what is fake, you know? Because mm -hmm. at that point, you can imagine, had I not noticed, and then yeah, it gets stuck, you know, it just goes them. into the food, and then your children ingest it. So, as mothers, we have uh, like a gazillion things to be worried about. But um, I, I'm, I'm really, really happy we had this conversation. Wow. <laughs> because I'm just like, okay, where are we going next? Because every time there's something new, there's something else that comes. Mm -hmm. So just our takeaways, um, as organic as possible. As organic as possible. Less processed. Less processed. Uh, know where your food comes from. Yes. Balanced diet. Yes. Your cookery wear. Yes. Now, the things you use for cooking. Yes. Uh, if you can't like me, we are going back to pots. But <laughs> stainless steel, cast iron, and um, ceramic. And ceramic. Those are your three safe options. Mm -hmm. this, this now and then, sugar. The more processed something is, the higher the sugar levels in it. And um, juices, packet juice, because we usually use it as a supplement. <laughs> you just shook your head. Uh, <clears throat> yes. I don't know if I can say this, but I usually tell people, mm -hmm. sugar is for me the version of like legal cocaine oh in that it's such an addictive drug mm -hmm. and it doesn't do anything to your body sugar doesn't it's just for tasting good it tastes good it mm -hmm. affects your system in that you get a spike so it can mess with it. that's how you get diabetes your mm -hmm. insulin spikes mm -hmm. and <clears throat> how did the old how did we do it back in the day I'm so old <laughs> <laughs> that was the next because someone was like um, one of the most famous soft drinks has like 16 spoons of sugar. I'm like, how do you compress 16 spoons of sugar into 500 ml? And I'm like, is, it, is that true? Yes, it's true. It has such wow. a, a large amount of sugar. And for sugar, sugar occurs in nature. 
mm-hmm. naturally, mm-hmm. yes, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. But it never occurs on its own. By on its own, I mean it's not. It's not just sugar on its own. Mm-hmm. Sugar comes with fiber. Mm-hmm. You see how the sugar cane is mm-hmm. sweet, sweet, sweet. Mm-hmm. But look at all that fiber. Okay, you understand. So sugar and fiber go hand in hand, so that when you're digesting it, it can be released slowly. So we use kaributu for our tea. That's a better. Really? Okay. Okay. Where Where are they now? You know these are things we used to see so often when we were growing up, and these days it's just it's not. It's mm-hmm. more like molasses for the cows. Yes. The cows are eating better than us. If you ask me that, when yes. it comes to sugar, they are being kept safer. Mm-hmm. You know, because then they are forever on all these greens and mm-hmm. you know. And before that sugar reaches you, have you ever wondered why it's so white? Yeah, now I'll be looking at anything white type stands the way you're going. Yeah, it's because ah? it's bleached. Yes. Sugar. Um, what? Sugar so it bleached. is brown sugar bleached to white. Yes. So you buy flour. brown sugar. Even flour, when you get white flour, it's mm. just bleached flour. But what do you mean white flour? Which of the whites? Um, you know how you have um, home baking flour? Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can either get it slightly atta, brown. But when you get like pure white, white flour, mm-hmm. yes. like, what kind of like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, it's a party, so thank God. Just, uh, you see what, it's like mental torture. I'm just looking at my, my menu in the house and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like you're, you're, you're the one like bringing all these things. But the good like, thing is, is healthy alternatives. What's the healthy alternative? Atta, brown yes, chapati. brown flour. You know, brown. all this while I thought like brown is like the more it I'm giving, the more it is a problem. Actually, that has been, you yes. know, because when we are being told, uh, sadly, when we are told um, no wheat, mm. and we don't get that education that that white is the more processed one. Yes. So, because for me, I've been like, brown wheat means it's a whole wheat, that means it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you just said that, like, whole wheat, the way it is, the brown, the better, the whiter, the more dangerous it is. Even getting into brown rice, one of the things I personally also went through. If you eat a bowl of brown rice, then you eat a bowl of white rice. So after you eat the white rice, you'll get hungry or something. Yes. Because it is so processed. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so brown rice actually holds your stomach better and it releases its nutrients. So. And that's what you want. Wow. You don't want. Uh, uh, have you ever seen a child who's drunk soda? Mm-hmm. Five minutes don't even pass. Yeah. Understand? So that gives like an insulin spike that puts your child at a disposition of yeah. uh, getting diabetes, getting all these problems. And after that, your child crashes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's like, so it's like that a, high, a temporary high. Exactly. No, I'm just thinking about juice. I was like thinking the way I am so, so juice, healthy because I drink juice. juice. Try your best to squeeze your own juice. Because there's a time I went to a factory where they make juice. Have you ever wondered why Del Monte only grow pineapples? <laughs> <laughs> they have a, a whole range of different juices, but they only grow pineapples. It's because um, they extract the sugar from the pineapples. They get like a pineapple syrup that now sweetens everything. So, so are they safer? No. <laughs> The safest way when it comes to juices, mm-hmm. squeeze, yeah, squeeze your own juice. If you can be able to 
in source everything, especially when it comes to diet, mm-hmm. you'll be at a better place. So now I'll be going to the market every week, buying things in bulk. I need to find where my blender is. You can talk to me nicely. You I don't know. Do that. <laughs> I oh, you do? You, you go like, yeah, oh, you do all those know. things. So, Chef <laughs> Jay can do all this for you. You Everything. just please share your number on that note. <laughs> so, those who need your services, they are able to do it. Yeah, so where, how can they reach you if they want to ask uh, questions? Of course, my number is always on. Mm-hmm. It's 0729-366-536. Mm-hmm. You can shoot me a WhatsApp, give me a call. Just tell me where you're calling from and we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I can even call you back. I don't know. <laughs> but do you say? Okay. And on the socials or you're those ones who I don't Chef Jury. Social? Chef underscore Jury on Instagram. Spell Jury. Well. J-U-R-R-I. <laughs> so that at least we, we get it right. Alright. So that's it for today and it was a super amazing episode. Like I promised and I have learned. If you haven't, I don't know what you're doing here, but I have learned a lot and I feel like I need to restart my kitchen from zero. You know? I'll even share this one with my nanny so that we are all on the same page. And then put it on on um the wall of the kitchen, the things we are not going to do anymore. I don't know how my kids will take step this. Step by step. This thing is stressful <laughs> enough to just think of all the things that are around us. What we can control, let's do that, parents, so that we give our children healthy lives and a healthy babies are happier you. And like we hear, for those ones who have not yet given birth or intend to, nutrition starts when you're carrying the child in your stomach. Conception, uh, the entire journey, see your doctors, do everything right and eat right. Uh, just to ask. Yes. The way pregnant women eat everything. Is yeah. that eating right? <laughs> I'm eating for two is the excuse. Is that safe? Now that we forgot that part. If you're that. eating the right things, okay. So yes. eat the right things in the right proportions. Exercise also yes. so that you're able to help the body also process especially our sugars. Look at the content for those of us who read everything. Good job. Keep it up. And um, we will see you next time. I've been your host, Dr. Sylvia Morama Chabo Akinsiku, here on Neurodigest, courtesy of Andy Speaks.